Well, turn in, turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 3, if you would. Exodus chapter 3. We're, we're starting the year with the book of Exodus. If you weren't here last week, uh, we, did, we rolled through chapters 1 and 2. Um, and we just kind of pulled out a few things from Exodus 1 and 2. That God wants to lead us to freedom wants to hear our cry, that God wants to release boldness in our lives like those midwives in Egypt. If you weren't here last week, you'll have to read chapters 1 and 2 because I, I don't have time to summarize it all, um, and that God knows our name. Uh, if you weren't here last week, uh, or if you were here last week, uh, what, what is the title of the book of Exodus in Hebrew? Names, yep. Names. It's Shmat. Yeah, oh, I should ask for the Hebrew words. See if anybody remember that. So, you remember that? No. Okay. Um, so the original title of Exodus was names, and it was interestingly enough that so the names are super important in this book. Who is named? Who is not named? There is no Egyptian that is named. The Pharaoh isn't named. Uh, Moses' mother isn't named. There is no one else named except that specifically named. But the midwives are named. And God is named. And we're going to get to that today. And so God reveals his personal name to Moses. And so, um, number one, God wants you to know that he, he knows you, but he also wants you to know him. That you really know him. So I want us to jump right in. We've just, we've just been... Through Moses has grown up, he's got to 40 years old, and then he kills an Egyptian, and then he finds out that somebody hurt, saw him, and it wasn't a secret, and he runs, and he flees away, and he goes, and he marries, uh, he goes to the land of Midian, and he gets married, he starts having a family, he starts working a job, he's just living his life, and then we pick it up here in chapter 3. Holy Spirit, we invite you to open the Word of God, even as we read it right now. Let it speak to everyone who's here, in Jesus' name. Verse 1 of Exodus 3, it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire, from within a bush. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here am I. You know, sometimes God gets our attention with something. This is just a little minor point. But sometimes He gets our attention and He just wants to see, am I going to go over and look at that? Am I going to seek that out? Am I going to go check it out? Or am I going to go, well, that's cool, and keep going? Am I going to keep living my life? Or when you know Moses is tending his flock, it's like, that's interesting, a fire. But uh, sheep and fire probably don't go together. I don't know, you know, uh, not a good idea. But he goes over and says, I'm going to go see. It says, when he went and turned and looked at it, it says, then God called to him. Anyway, just something to think about. So Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals. 
for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. It's the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, the Otherites, some otherites that we've never heard of. And, and now the, the cry, just like it's ended chapter 2, it says, now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. You know, that's one of those interesting things where it's like, what God is not saying there is that, you know, if we don't cry loud enough, he doesn't hear us. I mean, have you ever read, I don't know if you've ever read that before. It's like, man, was God not paying attention for like 400 years? He's like, oh, yeah, I totally noticed now that you're crying out to me. <laughs> no, what, what, what I believe this means is the people were really crying only to God. They were really like, you're our only option. Not just, oh, God, please help the situation, and then I'm going to move on and take care of it myself anyway, so why bother praying? But it's like, no, this, is, this was a cry, and it was a united cry. It was the people of God. They were beginning to cry together. You know, when there's a united cry from, from the people of God, something is released. Something happens in heaven when we begin to, you know, when they're begin, it begins, it gets bad enough that the church comes together, that the people of God are like, we all got to do this together. We got to pray together. We got to seek God together. We got to work together. We got we to gotta do this together. We got to get families together. We got to get communities together. We got to get cities together. We, we got to cry out to God together. So I think that's what it means. Uh, so the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. So this is the holy ground mountain, right? And so the sign, the sign for Moses that this is God is when he gets the people and comes back and gets there. <laughs> Don't you want a better sign sometimes, God? When you get through it and you're on the other side, that's the sign that I called you and I was with you and did all the stuff. No, God, I want the sign right now. Sometimes the signs as you walk through. So Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is, what's his name? <laughs> we'll explain that in a second. Then what shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. And God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, capital L-O-R-D, 
the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Now go assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what's been done to you in Egypt, and I promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of all those ites, a land flowing with milk and honey, and the elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders will go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. I'd never seen that before. The original ask of Pharaoh is we just want to go out for three days and do a sacrifice. Just interesting. That was it. He should have said yes to that one, I guess. Um, But I know, this is God speaking still, but I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed toward this people so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters. And so you will, you will plunder the Egyptians. And some, sometimes we're so used to the story that we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But we don't, we don't understand the transformation that takes place, that these people are the lowest of the lowest in Egypt. And when they leave, people are going to be pouring money out on them. They're going to ask all these people that have been enslaving them for hundreds and hundreds of years. And they're going to go, here, take all my gold, take my jewels, take it with you. That's an incredible transformation. And so God is saying, look, I promise to deliver you. And not just to deliver you, but to bring you out into a good place, to bring you out and bless you on the way. That you don't, you're not going to just barely make it in. God doesn't want us to just barely make it into heaven. I mean, He prefers that to the other option. But there are some people who are going to quote unquote, barely make it in. It's like they they receive Jesus and it's like, man, that's the last second, brother. (laughs) What God wants you to do is he wants to to bring you out of where you're at into a a land of blessing where you can enjoy the blessing now, where you can enjoy eternal life now, not living forever, the quality of life. Because everybody lives forever. Eternal life isn't, oh, you get to exist forever, right? That's not what eternal life is in the Bible. (laughs) Eternal life is life, the God life, the life of Jesus in you, the the presence of God forever, because everybody lives forever. Just matters who you're with and what you're experiencing. And so there's an amazing release of the promise of God and the power of God and the blessing of God and the favor of God upon His people through, the, through this passage. And so I want to go back here and, and go to our encounter that Moses has with God. You know, he sees the bush, 
And many of us have known the story or seen some movie or seen some cartoon or whatever over the years. Maybe, maybe this is your first time, though. So the, there's a bush that's, that, that's on fire, but it doesn't burn up. and says the angel of the Lord came down. I just want to give you that. I know I've said this many times before, but just in case somebody doesn't know, it's the angel of the capital L-O-R-D, which is God's personal name. It's Yahweh or Yehovah or Jehovah which we used to say in church. So that's, it's like God has revealed. This is the angel of Jehovah, the angel of Yahweh. And then when, when Moses comes up to, and, and it's, he says that he begins to talk to the bush, guess what? And then it says, oh, I'm God. So we know this is an appearance of, of God in the Old Testament. Most of the time, the angel of the Lord, I believe, is, is, a, is an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. That's my personal belief. There's other scholars that believe that too. But it is God because he would not have taken off his shoes and addressed him as God if it wasn't God, if it was just an angel. Every time angels show up to people, they never receive worship in the Bible. Gabriel, this is, you know, in the book of Revelation, uh, doesn't angels appear to Daniel? Like if, he, if, if you bow down to the angel, the angel says, no, get up, get up, get up. Not to me, not to me. Oh, only God will receive worship. So that's how we know this is God. So, uh, and so when he goes over the bush, God talks to him and he says, guess what? You're the one. I've chosen you. And Moses says, oh, who am I? Who am I to do that? How could you call me to do that? How am I going to do it? What's God's answer? What's God's solution to that? His response to that. Anybody see that there? His answer is, I'll be with you. He doesn't tell Moses anything like, okay, Moses, I've given you all these skills. I'm giving you all these talents. Here's your four spiritual gifts. If you figure those out, and if you can do your Myers-Briggs and your personality tests and all the different things, once you figure out who, who you are, then you'll know, hey, you'll be ready. No, he says, Here, here's, how, here's how you know that, it, that I'm sending you. I'm going to go with you. The call of God comes with the promise of His presence. The Lord expects His presence to be the sustainer for our lives and calling. Even at the end of when Jesus is on earth in Matthew 28, what's the last thing He says after He's going to you know, he's going to ascend to heaven. He says, surely I'll be with you even until the end of the ages. In other words, I'm going to be with you forever. In other words, the reason you can do this is because I'm with you. So it doesn't matter so much who you are. It matters that I'm with you. And so if you've been asking the question, when God calls you to something, whether it's small or big, uh, whatever it is, you, you cannot, you can, if you ask the question, who am I? God's going to say, I'm going to be with you doesn't matter so much who I am, but it does matter who's with me. Now, many of us fall into, there's two categories of people. You're like Moses, or some of us have the other problem. Like, oh yeah, Lord, that's right. I've been letting you know that I'm the one you should send. <laughs> Usually what has to happen if you're that type of person, God has to humble you. 
you have to get, get some extra failure in your life. Where God says, guess what? You go ahead and do that. You didn't say, I didn't say I was going with you. <laughs> but you can go. <laughs> it's kind of like when the people of Israel, they're like, they ask for a king. God says, well, I don't want that. But okay, go ahead. I'll give you that, but you'll see what happens. It didn't turn out very well, did it? If you know the Old Testament, it, it didn't turn out well. <laughs> There's a bunch of bad kings, and they lead them into captivity and sin and destruction. It's, it's, it was a horrific choice. And it all came back to one thing, just give us a king. But if the call of God comes to us and we're in the right place, we probably should say, oh God, who am I? I can't. I can't. I don't know that I've got enough in me. I don't know that I can do that, Lord. I, I can't handle that. I can't. Do you know who I am? And God never, you know, I don't know if he never answers the question, but uh, he doesn't answer the question for Moses. And I, th- I feel like for a lot of people, he doesn't answer the questions. Does God leave questions unanswered for you? It's kind of annoying sometimes. <laughs> God, if I could just, I have three questions. If you answer two out of three, I'm giving you some grace here, God. You only need a, a, like a 67%. It's not even a good test score. Uh, can you, if you just give me two out of three, then, then I'll go. I guess that was Gideon, right? No, anyway. Um, <laughs> God, okay, that's a different story. But God's promise is that he will be with you. That his presence is enough. That if, that if God is for you, who can be against you? It says in the book of Romans chapter 8. That is God's presence enough for you to step into what he's calling you to? Or do you need something else? Do you need someone to give you a pat on the back? Do you need, do you need your, your family to get in order? Do you, need, do you need to make more money? Do you need to make less money? Do you, you know, whatever it is. Do you need to have grandkids or kids? Or do you, do you need to have a, a spouse? Or do you need to have this or that? Or are you willing to step into the calling of God because he's with you? That's the call of God to Moses. Go do this. I chose you. I had to pick somebody, but I picked you. But I'm going to go with you. I will be with you. When you step out in faith, when you take that risk to follow me, I will be with you. All you have to do is go. Now Moses gets into a big discussion with God. We're not even going to get the whole excuse. I mean, Moses, pretty much, none of it's good enough for him. Later on, God says, fine, here, I'm going to give you some little magic tricks to do, you know. <laughs> let's, do some, let's do some cool stuff here. To see if that... And he still says, you know, but that's cool, but I can't really talk that way. We'll get to that next week. So it, it's like it, it wasn't enough for Moses. But it's interesting, there's a transformation in Moses later on in the book of Exodus. Later on in the book of Exodus, in Exodus chapter 33, God says, hey, go ahead and go. But Moses says, hey, if you don't go, we can't go. He knew at that point, he grew to understand and learn that, God, if your presence doesn't go with me, if I don't know that you're with me, then I can't go from this place. How is anybody else going to tell me apart from anybody else? That's the only distinguishing thing that the people of God have. It's not that we're amazing in ourselves. No, it's that God is with us. That he's filled us with his presence. In the New Testament, we know that every believer in Jesus is 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 
indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? The very presence of God dwelling in my life. That God is with me and it marks me and makes me different. And He gives me power and He gives me strength and He gives me endurance. He gives me wisdom. He gives me the ability that I need to overcome and to do what He's called me to do. But Moses starts out, it's not enough. But later on, he, you know, after he's done a bunch of stuff, he's got a lot of experience. He's got a lot of success. He's seen amazing things. He's leading a million people out of Egypt. He's the one that everybody's looking to. But at that moment, when he's given a choice to go on, and he says, no, you tell me who's going with us, God. I can't go if it's not you. I don't care if it's an angel. I don't care if it's all the angels in heaven. I don't care if it's all the amazing godly people around me. I've got to have you go with me. Lord, help us, help us depend on your presence like that. We're like, Lord, I, I, need, I need to know that you're with me. Not like, well, let me check in with you, God. And Okay, yeah, I think that's good. I prayed, so now I'm going to do it. It's like, no, I know this is God. So then Moses has another question. He's like, well, I'm not going to... Since you mentioned that, that's great. So uh, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me, and they ask, what's his name? What shall I tell them? And so this might seem like an interesting question to you, but we have to, you have to understand the culture of the day, okay? So we're going we're gonna to jump into a little bit of culture here. The culture of the ancient times was a culture of polytheism. Who knows what polytheism is? It's a belief in many gods, right? It's multiple gods. So the whole culture, except for maybe the Israelites, but even them, it's been several hundred years since they've had any, a lot of God activity. So they're kind of like, you know, they may have been sucked into the culture a little bit. But the idea was this, was there was a God for everything. So there was the God of the weather, there was the God of the sun, the God of the moon, the God of the, the rivers, the God of, you know, fertility, the God, you know, the God of the crops, you know, everything had, had their little God and the, that, the God was, was in charge of that thing. And so it's interesting that, that Moses would ask because he wants to clarify, hey, who are we talking about here? Who are you? Which one are you? Makes a little more sense now. Why he's like, what's your, what's your name? <laughs> and God answers and says, I am. Which kind of which is a declaration. It's, it's kind of an interesting phrase in Hebrew. They even have trouble trying to figure out, what, is this, what does this really mean? I mean, it means I am what I am, or I will become what I will become, or, you know, there's, there's different aspects to it. But God's basically saying, no matter what situation you get in, I am. In other words, I'm over it all. I don't have a department. <laughs> I'm not in charge of the men's department <laughs> or the, the sporting goods section or, or whatever. No, no, I am. If you ask who's God, I am. Who's in charge? I am. Who's got the power? I am. <laughs> who's the one you need? I am. So that the answer is just his, his all-sufficiency, his all you know, everything you need is in me. And so God wants to be specific, specific. And he also says, look, I'm the God of, your, of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. 
There's a story that you may have heard several years ago about your ancestors, and God called him out of his place, which was the same thing, a place of believing in many gods to follow one God. Because the earth had got all confused. I mean, there was, there was, there was nobody following God. Even after the flood, and God started over with Noah and all his people, it's like they, the humanity wandered away once again. And so God says, we've got to call somebody out. We, gotta, we, got, we, ha- we need to have somebody on earth to know the one true God. We need somebody to know me. Because how else is anybody else going to know me unless one of them knows me? And then we can make a nation that, that displays who I am, that, a, a people who can, who can project and display who I am to the entire world to invite them to know me. And so God begins to, he says, hey, I am that I am, but then he, then he gives his personal name that has not really been revealed up until this time. And God, in verse 15, God says to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, L-O-R-D, just like I said before, the God of your fathers. This is God's personal name. It also tells you in ancient culture that, that God is bringing Moses up to a level where he's on a first name basis with him. That wasn't normal for the other, quote-unquote, gods, the little g, little g gods. There was not a personal interaction. See, the, the, the culture of that time was you had to appease the god so it didn't get ticked off at you and you know, stop the rain or stop the water or stop you from having kids or stop your crops from growing or stop the sun from growing or stop the rain from coming at the right time. You know, you, you would do all this stuff so that you could appease them, but you're never going to get to, you're not trying to get to know that God. You're just like, I just don't want to mess up. I just want my life to be okay. And God changes it up for Moses and says, let me tell you that here's my name. This is who I am. God's name includes his character. And so throughout the rest of the Old Testament, there's an there's a unveiling and a revelation of, of who God is in his name. Up until this time, most of the people of God, the, 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 the word for God they were using was just the general word, Elohim. It's just, just general word God. Or they would use El Shaddai, God Almighty. But it wasn't personal. It was just, it, it's like the difference today when you know somebody just mentions God, but you know they don't know God. They don't know the Lord. They don't know Jesus. Because there's a difference between knowing about God or knowing about some higher power or saying, you know, God out there or the man upstairs or the Almighty One or whatever phrase you use that do you really know Him? Or are you just like everybody else? He's out there. And I'm just trying to not mess up so that he can give me the right stuff at the right time. And, but there's no interaction. There's no personal relationship with him. And here God is, is coming to Moses and he's invited him into a personal relationship. He's saying, here, here's, here's my name. Here's who I am. And so I have a question for you. Are you on a first name basis with the Lord Jesus. See, in the Old Testament, God's, God's personal name is, is Yahweh. And he begins to reveal that, hey, I'm, I'm, your, I'm your provider, I'm your, she, your banner, I'm your, uh, I'm your righteousness, 
I'm, I'm all these things, but it's all, it's all in me. Everything you need is in me. I am Je- Je- Yahweh Shema. I'm with you. I'm the God who is, who's going to stick with you. And so, but in the New Testament, of course, Jesus shows up. And what does he say? I am. Right? He starts saying it over. That's why they got so mad at him. That's why the religious people got mad. Because even though it doesn't say, Jesus doesn't stand up and say, let me just tell you, I'm the son of God. I, you know, let me just explain, break it down for you. Uh, he was saying it over and over and over again by saying, I am. And they knew what he meant. Because there's one time he said it and it says they got so mad they're going to kill him. They weren't, they weren't confused about what Jesus was saying. Because, but he was saying in the New Testament, basically, Here, here's my name. Here's, here's my personal name. You get to, you get to know me on a, on a first name basis. You get to know me close. You get, you get to come close to me where I'm going to speak to you as if we're in a relationship. Not just someone that's far off. Not just someone who's out there. Not just someone who, I, who I'm trying to appease or trying to do the right thing for just so that my life works out, so that I get the right thing. Not a vending machine so that I, if I do this, then I get this. Not a genie where I rub this the right way and somebody comes up and grants my three wishes. No, a relationship with God where He, he lifts you up onto a level that you don't belong, that, but that He chooses you belong because He bought you, He paid for you, he, he was broken for you so that you could come to that level and you don't have to worry about who you are because He's saying it's who I am in you that matters. And you get to know me. You get to know me. You don't get to just hear about me. You don't have to call me just God like a far off name. No, you get to know my personal name. I'm Jesus. And so I really feel like the Lord just through, through this teaching and maybe through this year for some of you, that God just wants to, wants to bring you into a place of relationship with Him where you're really on a first name basis, where you're, where you're, really, where you're really experiencing the, the relationship with God. Maybe it just needs to be renewed. I don't know, but maybe you've never had that. It's like, I don't, I don't understand. I've never heard God speak to me. Or I, don't, I feel like God's far off or, or you know, he's, just, he's just out there. You know, but, but God wants to come close to you and say, look, this is who I am. Let me introduce myself. Let, let me allow you to come close. And it's so amazing that God would even do that, that the Lord Jesus would do that. He would invite me into this relationship, into this closeness, into this intimacy with him to say, you get to know me. Come into the inner chambers. Come into the, come into the, to the secret place. Come into this, to, to the close place. Come into to the... The place that you were created to be. Thank you, Lord. You know, there's such a personal cry here from God for His own people. That just really, really moves me. That just really tells me that we need to be reminded about God's heart for His people. Sometimes we need to be reminded about God's heart for some other people that are His people. People that God puts in our lives that we're like, what is wrong with that person? (laughs) What is wrong with that Jesus? They say Jesus, but who knows? 
well, Jesus needs to, he needs, maybe they just need to get to know him better. Maybe nobody's introduced introduced them to Jesus on a first name basis. Like, hey, you get to know him. You can, you can really know him. You can really speak to him. He can speak to you. You can know that he's with you. In other words, nobody, some of us are confused. Like, is God with me or not? Is the Lord with me? Am I, am I on my own? It's like, is that God or not? Hey, let's, let's clear that up. Let's, let's make that clear to where it's like, you know that you know that you know that you know Jesus. That there's no confusion, there's no uncertainty, there's no second guessing, uh, there's no double-mindedness, there's no going back and forth. That, but that you know that you know that you know yeah, I know, I know Jesus. I know his name and he knows my name. I, I know what's on his heart and he knows what's on my heart. I know what he's thinking about and he knows what I'm thinking about. I know what he wants to do. I know the things that he wants. I know the things he likes. I know the things that bring him joy. I know what makes him laugh. I know what makes him upset. <laughs> I know him. And so I feel like we've, we've already had a, a great time in, in the presence of the Lord, but I, I, I just don't want to just close and just close in prayer today. And so I just want the worship team or whoever wants to come up on the worship team uh, to come on up and just, we're just going to take a little response time. We'll sing that last Give Me Jesus song again without, without me. Uh, up there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Why don't we all why don't we all stand? Thank you, Lord. As we sing, you know, respond to this. I mean if you need to if you need to kneel where you're at, um, if you need to sit down, as long as it's like response to God, not disengagement, just you can sit. What, whatever position you need to take, if you need to lay on the floor, if you need to come to the altar, you know, I just want us to respond to God and make sure, do you know Him? Do you know Jesus on a first name basis? Or is He just a far off God? Is He far off to you or is He close? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And so during this during this time as we as we begin to sing this song, just just kind of respond to to what what the Lord is, is drawing you to. Let it be a revelation. Lord, I just pray right now. I pray right now in Jesus name that you just release your presence. Holy Spirit, come and move in us. We know you're already here, God. And so we thank you, Lord, for moving in us. And so we thank you, God for moving in us right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Just begin to open up your heart to Him. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray for anyone who feels far off or they've always been far off, God, that you bring them near right now. That this time will be a time of intimacy, of closeness, of maybe of introduction to you. May this, Lord, and maybe maybe even this song is, as we mentioned in our in our worship time, that you know this song is so convicting because you're like, God, is this? Am I really am I really singing this truthfully? 
And I just look at it like this. I'm going to sing it as a prayer. If it's not true in my life, God, then make it true. Make it true that I I desire you, Jesus, more than anything else. Maybe I'm not there yet. I'm I'm not trying to measure myself right now, but I am connecting with you and I'm crying out to you. And maybe today is the day where, where something breaks free, where there's just a change, there's a shift. There's something that, that is unlocked. Because I'm just saying, God, make this true in my life. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us into truth. Lord, you're leading us to that place today. We're following you to be close to Jesus, to know you better, to have a greater revelation of who you are. Thank you, Lord. Let's worship. Awake the hunger for God to to seek after Him, to get to know Him. That it's not just about this moment. It's It's about a life of seeking the Lord, of getting to know Jesus, of dwelling in His presence, of receiving His words and and being filled with His life. Lord, I thank You for that, God. So feel like the Lord would just say there's some there's some who might say that I, I've gone too far I've gone too far and God wants to tell you that, that no one is too far for Jesus no one is too far for the blood of Jesus to reach you and so that that is not true that is a lie that is not true that you you've done something too bad you've 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 said something bad about the Lord you've You've cussed at God. Whatever it is, you've done a sin that you never said you'd do. Whatever it is, I want you to know that that's not true, that the blood of Jesus is enough, that Jesus' sacrifice is enough for everybody to be saved, for everybody to be brought near. It says that we're brought near through the blood of Jesus. And so I pray that any of those thoughts that are not from you, God, would would be removed from people's minds, God, and replace it with the truth. Lord, the call of God that's saying, come close. Let Let me show you who I am. Let me reveal my heart to you. Let me share my life with you. Father, we just pray, Lord, for those of us that we prayed this as a prayer, God, make it true in our hearts. Remove whatever distraction we, need, we have in our lives that's, that's getting in the way of, of us getting to know you, Lord. Whatever hesitation we have, Some of you might be, you you have this battle. You're like, what if I go all in for Jesus? What will I look like? What will will he have me do? Am I going to look stupid? Am I going to, am I going to, are people going to make fun of me? Maybe. But I believe the Lord is just saying, hey, you, you, come on, come on. Come, take a step, take a step toward me. It's like Jesus is outside the boat, boat and he's saying, come, come, you can walk on the water. Just come out to me. Just keep looking at me. Come, come near to me. So, Lord, thank you for coming near to us so that we can come near to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you still need prayer, 
If you've never given your heart to Jesus, if there's anybody here who says, I need, I, need I need to get to know Jesus for the first time. I need to give my heart to Him. He needs to become my Lord and Savior. Come on up and pray with, with someone that's up here or, or grab myself or my wife. Um, find somebody and don't leave here without, without getting to know Him. If you need prayer for something else, please feel free. We'll pray as long as we need to pray for anybody today. Thank you, Lord.